peace of the risen Lord be with you. As you will have noticed from your own life with the Bible, concerning the resurrection, the four Gospels all say the same, that God raised Jesus from the grave. However, when it comes to the details, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John speak with varied voices. Matthew and Mark, for example, have one early Easter angel resplendent in seersucker. Luke and John have two. Mark, the earliest of the four Gospels, has three women arriving at the tomb after the stone was rolled away, while Matthew recalls two women arriving before the stone was rolled away, while today's lesson from the Gospel of John has only one woman going to the grave of Jesus. The common thread among all those varied voices being that the first Easter preachers were all women, and they were all Jews. That, of course, is why they had to wait from sunset on Friday until sunrise on Sunday to go to the tomb, because on Saturday they had to be still for the Sabbath. I had not thought about that this week until Friday when I went to Beth Israel to take a plant to help Beth Israel mark the beginning of Passover. And as I was standing at the door at Beth Israel, peace lily in one hand, Passover letter, in the other, it occurred to me that none of the original Easter preachers would have been members of Northminster because every one of them would have been a member at Beth Israel. All the early Easter preachers, women, all the early Easter preachers, Jews, including Mary Magdalene. All of us, every Easter, living on the leftovers of Mary's original sunrise surprise, the discovery that, as Carlisle Marnie used to say, God had taken what looked like the end of everything good and turned it into the edge of something new. Mary's sunrise surprise that God, not death or despair, but God has the last word. The tears Mary was weeping 
at the tomb in today's gospel lesson, soon to become what might best be called Easter tears, the kind of tears which rise from pain but fall in hope, the kind of tears that have some hope in them because things turn out sometimes not to be as over and finished as they appeared. In all of those ways, every Easter, for a moment, Mary becomes us, and for a moment, we become Mary. There is a lot of pain in this world. There is a long list of ways things can go wrong in this life. None of us will go through all of them, but all of us will go through some of them. Like Mary, we will all at some point in our lives weep. If not today, someday, for something that has changed or won't change, for something that has ended, been broken or lost. Like Mary, all of us, if we haven't yet, will someday weep. But like Mary, the tears we weep are the Easter kind, the kind that has some hope in them. Because we are Easter people, as the Book of Common Prayer says, even at the grave we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Because like Mary, once the sun came up on that original resurrection morning, we know that, as Fred Beekner used to love to say, despite all the sometimes overwhelming evidence to the contrary, this is God's world. And in God's world, it is God. Not despair or sorrow, guilt or regret, resentment or anger, disease or even death, but God who will have the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. That is exactly the sort of thing we expect to say and expect to hear on Easter Sunday morning. And for all the truest and best reasons. But even as we say those words, we must say them with great care. Because, children of God, even on Easter Sunday morning, 
or perhaps especially on Easter Sunday morning. The words we say about hope and life and light and the ultimate triumph of the grace of God must ring true not only on the happiest ears in the room, but on the saddest, most disappointed, most deeply wounded ears in the room. And so, even on Easter Sunday morning, perhaps especially on Easter Sunday morning. We declare ourselves Easter people with the greatest of care. And may, may we say it even on Easter with great restraint. As much restraint as Mary exercised in the first ever Easter sermon, which one imagines was also the shortest ever Easter sermon. A single, simple sentence. I have seen the Lord. With as much care and restraint as Mary exercised in the first ever Easter sermon. We declare ourselves to be Easter people who believe at the deep down center of our soul despite all the sometimes overwhelming evidence to the contrary, that this is God's world. And in God's world, it will be God who has the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. And as... The choir sings every Easter Sunday morning all the painful, hurtful, oppressive, unjust, marginalizing, ostracizing, demonizing, dehumanizing kingdoms of this world will be swallowed up into the kingdoms of our God and of God's Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the wolf shall lie down with the lamb. And all who died in Adam will live in Christ. And every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea will sing together forever around the throne of God.
which may be why the risen Lord told Mary, do not try to hold on to me. Ever since, we have done everything in our power to hold on to the risen Lord. But the risen Lord is up and out there and gone, drawing a circle of welcome as wide as the whole human family and all creation. Because children of God, this is God's work. And in God's work, God has the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. The ultimate sign of which is that God raised Jesus.